Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Okay, Anders was actually really bad, and I might have thrown up after that. But. Yeah, in case you're wondering, I really am that lousy at making some movies, so don't, don't ever let me make one for you. That was fun. Sorry, Pastor Matt, you had to try it. Yeah, sorry you had to eat that. I actually, to tell you, I took a big bite of it, and then I did go spit it out later. It was very gross. So, my name Good is morning. Andrew. Good morning. <laughs> I'm Brooke. And uh, we've been here for five years or so, and like Pastor Matt said, we've been uh, here serving in various capacities, and we're very thankful uh, for the opportunity to share the word this morning. We're humbled to be able to do it. We want to say thank you, Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb. I'm not sure where she's at, but... Thank you so much for the investment you guys have given to us. You know, he wasn't kidding when he said that they've invested in our lives. Um, Brooke and I, when we came here five years ago, we're very broken people, and we're here in whole today, uh, very much in part because of the investment that Pastor Matt and Deb made into our lives. So thank you. We love you, and thank you for the opportunity to do this. So uh, with that, we want to go ahead and jump right into a little bit about what we're passionate about. This month, we've heard some really, really great sermons um, from finding your purpose. Sam Schneider talked about finding your purpose. Sam and Mel did a great job about talking about no compromise with sin. Uh, Tim and uh, Jennifer did a great job in talking about serving in the church. And one of the, one of the things that we've, we've found that we get so encouraged by when we hear those is they're very much a call to action, right? Those messages were so good and they were a call to do something. Um, and one of the things that Sam and Mel talked about that really was, was super, I want to use the word, very, be very specific when I use this word and say very convicting, is they talk about, Sam, uh, if I'm, I'm going to probably paraphrase and kind of get it wrong, but he said, you need to start agreeing with God and getting on the side of saying that's sin and that's wrong and I don't want to do that anymore. So that's right, right? And and. and what I want, what we want to talk to you about today, we want to be, come, come and talk to you from a place of real being vulnerable. We've never had, Brooke and I have never had a problem with agreeing with God. We've never had a problem with saying, that's sin, and I don't want to do it anymore. What we've had a problem with is practically doing that, right? <laughs> People laugh, but hey, that's exactly where we're at today. It's really, really, we like to, as uh, the church, we like to talk about and put out in front of everyone the stories where someone came to the altar, they prayed, God did a work in their life right then and there. It was like a light bulb went on for them, and then everything was different from them from that moment on out. I've been to the altar probably 4,000 times in my life, been baptized numerous times, raised my hand over 100 times to get saved. Like, that that's the story that my wife and I want to talk about, right? It's not the, it's not the person that had the, and that. And then let me just say something that's real. God can do that, all right? But I want to give peace and comfort and encouragement to those that that wasn't your story, where you didn't come down the altar, you didn't have that moment with God, and then it was different the second you walked out the door. I want to talk to that person that really, really said, you know what? I don't have any problems agreeing with God in my heart, I have a real problem with the practical outworking of how do I get really get through this, right? See, because or you had sorry, or you had those moments, those testimonies with God where it was like revelation, light bulb. I just gave up doing that or something like that. But then the next day you're struggling again, or you don't feel it anymore. That kind of stuff. Um, 
because that's like the real Christianity, right? It's like the day-to-day grind when you get up in the morning. You got to go to work. You got to deal with the kids. You got to deal with your spouse. You got to, you know, co-workers, all that stuff. So how do we... Notice she says she has to deal with your spouse, you know. I mean, you know, you you guys know what I mean. I mean, you know. We'll try not to argue when we're up here, too. This is the first time that we're doing this together. Right. And so if you've never gone to, like, done any, like, marriage therapy, you don't have to. Just prepare a sermon together. (laughs) It's the same thing. (laughs) Give it a shot. Give it a try. We actually did really good. We didn't argue too much. Too much, yeah. We should, do, we should do outtakes of those, yeah, preparatory. Yeah, that'll give you real insight into the new creation. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So, can we, can we pull up the picture? I did. So, I, we, I truly believe in my heart, okay, w- the church has an identity crisis, right? For, you know, the, Derek Prince said, and, I, and he, he's a, he was an old saint, and if you don't know who he is, look him up, wonderful man. Um, he said, you know, in all his years of, he, he was a Bible scholar, he, he could speak the Hebrew language, he wrote over 100 books. Uh, he said, the, in all his years of teaching and preaching, he came across, the main problem he came across with believers is that they didn't know who they were. They had no idea. See, and, and, and just, I want you to remember this because this is what we're going to be talking about today. And if you don't remember anything, just remember this picture, okay? And I'm going to give you a clue. You're the horse. Okay. All right. This horse uh, is bound up in its mind. It's been trained to think that it's tied up and it can't get free. Right. This horse has been trained in its mind to, to say, okay, I'm tied up. But see, if this horse had knowledge, if this horse had the right amount of knowledge, it would take right off. Right. And it would gallop away and it would be free. See, the battle I'm going to say this, remember, the battle for the Christian believer, okay, and victory over sin is won and it is lost inside your mind. It is won and it is lost inside your mind because the battle itself, the main battle, the victory has been procured, right? The victory has been procured. Now, from that victory, the battle is won or lost right here. We've got to get this thing in line. When we get this thing in line, everything else begins to fall off, just like that, right? So what we want to do is we want to, we want to give you a little bit of um, theological background on the biblical anatomy, and Brooke's going to give us a, Dr. Brooke is going to give us a biblical anatomy. She's going to break it down for us. Right? And we want, the reason we have to go here is because if you don't know theologically what happened to you when you started believing in that Christ took your place on the cross, if you don't know what happened to you, you won't be able to get this thing lined up. Yeah. So, um, so this is kind of foundational before we get into some other things, but... Um, I want to talk about spirit, soul, and body. A lot of you, this is like old hat. You know all this. You old, older people that can preach circles, <laughs> preach circles around me, and you can, you've taught me this stuff. You guys have taught me this stuff. Um, but some of you, this may be new, and this is so important to me. When I got this revelation and I learned this about myself and how God made me, it changed a lot of things in my life. Um, it changed my mindset, my perspective, and it helped me get free from a lot of sin that I was dealing with, actually. Um, so spirit, soul, and body. First of all, 1 Thessalonians 3.23, um, 
or I'm sorry, 523 says it right, right here. Um, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So right there he says that you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are not a body, you live in a body. So you are, and you're not a soul, you have a soul. So, and your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You are not your emotions, and you are not your feelings, and you're not the thoughts that come into your mind. You are a spirit. That's, we are spirit beings. And there are people that don't believe that. They don't think that we're spirit beings, or they're not spiritual. They don't, they just don't believe that. But we believe it because it says it right here in the word. And this is how God created us, right? And so our spirit is who I am. So the, so Brooke, the real Brooke is, I'm a spirit. And someday my body will die and I will go, it, either it's alive to God or it's not alive to God. Um, and so this is important because if you're walking around thinking, um, it's like Andrew and I talk about what's driving you today. Like what's, is my soul driving today? Is, is it in the driver's seat? Because then my emotions and my feelings and my desires, which are, could be up and down all over the place, they're, they're, um, they're ruling. Or is my spirit driving is my spirit in control and so um in our physical body i'll just i don't know if we have the scripture but romans talking about the body romans 6 6 says knowing this that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin the body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin um so what is what is really quick our spirit has to get born again our spirit gets born again right um, and this is the new creation that we're going to be talking about. Our soul doesn't get born again. Our soul gets renewed. And so Sam Schneider talked last week, had an awesome message. He talked about Romans 12, 1. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your spirit. Doesn't say spirit. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when Paul uses these words in Romans and in the, in the scriptures, he's very specific when he said, renewing your mind. He, he knew what he was talking about because he understood that he was a spirit, soul, and body. And he knew that his mind, uh, will, emotions, desires needed to get renewed according to the word of God and need to line up with God's will. Um, and then our body gets crucified. Not actually, but, but we crucify, we identify with Christ on the cross. We crucify our flesh. Paul said, put off the deeds of the flesh, which is sexual impurity, um, lust, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's in Romans. Um, and so we, so we put off the flesh. We crucify it, um, essentially denying, and to, denying really, ourselves. Really emphasize, so to really emphasize what she's saying, you understand, so when, when, he, when they're writing this, they're writing this to um, you know, the, the Roman church, or really uh, the, the, the church, they all have a Jewish mindset, right? So, like, not necessarily the Romans, but, but just that day, okay, they were all product, just like we are today, they're product of their culture, right? So, they understood spirit, soul, and body, the concept. The, the, the Hebrew kids, they had the first five books of the Bible memorized by the, by the time they were 10 years old. It was inundated into what they were taught. So, spirit, soul, and body, when you read it in the scripture, you got to realize when the word body is used, it's not by accident. It was very specific, and then you have to take that scripture in context that he's talking about the body. So when she quoted Romans 6, 6, it says, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin. So what he's, what he's saying there is, is that 
He didn't say the spirit of sin, and he certainly didn't say the soul of sin. He said the body of sin. So why is that important? Because your body, and you look up the word, it's sarks in the Greek, and it means this human flesh that we're talking about here. This is the thing that sins, okay? Get that, get that deep down into your mind, and we need to get our minds renewed to that. This is the thing that sins. This is the thing that screws up. Your spirit... Bible says in John, it says, if any man be born again, he doesn't sin. He can't sin. Your spirit is perfect. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly how most of us think about that. We're like, huh? You know? What? Yeah, yeah. it can't sin. And so that, that scripture used to just woof, go right over my head. I'm like, God, I'm a, I just sinned. How can my spirit not be, you know, sinning? That doesn't make any sense. And we'll talk about that. But get, so you have to understand that we're three in one, right? We're made in his image. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're made in his image, body, soul, and spirit, right? So get that. that that's super important to understand because if you don't get that basic foundation, you won't understand as we progress. Yeah, and because we want to separate um, <clears throat> our spirit and what happens to our spirit when we believe. So the moment that you believe that you accepted what Christ did for you on the cross, that you believe you put your faith in him, you are in that very moment, a new creation. Your spirit is born again. And Jesus said, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. And that's what he's talking about. Now, does that mean that the moment I get saved, all my bad thoughts and all my lustful desires and everything that you struggle with just goes away? Most of us, no, right? No, am I right? Does our physical body just change like that when I got saved? No, I have to work, you, you know, you have to take care of yourself. But your spirit was changed that very moment. And that's what we want to talk about. So that's why it's important because if you don't understand that, you'll be walking around struggling and, and then the enemy wants you to, to get so focused on yourself and then you mope around and you say, oh, but I'm stuck, I can't stop doing this, or, oh, I can't stop thinking like that, or, oh, and you're just, and he wants to just tell you who you're not. But God says right here that you're a new creation. So if you're a believer sitting here right now, you are completely new, and you have the divine nature of God, his very divine nature right now, which means you think like him, you talk like him, you want what he wants, you do what he does. You, you uh, Pastor Matt said it, I love that you said that a characteristic of the new creation is generosity. You give, you're generous. All of the fruit of the spirit, patience, everything that you need, everything that you want to be as a Christian, you have inside of you. So that's take, it. So the first thing that I always thought of when I hear that, when somebody would tell me that is, well, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Stop, stop thinking about it. It's done. It's done. It's done. The first thing that would always frustrate me and just like get me all bound up would be, but I'm still doing and thinking like this, right? So what I want you to do, because that's because I know that there's like at least 80% of you have that come over you as we're talking, right? Take that right now. Take it right here. And I want you to just don't let that stop you from listening to what we have to say. That will be addressed. We're going to talk about that very thing at the end here, okay? And we're going to take enough time. We're going to explain it. But don't let that very feeling, because that used is exactly what happened to me. I'd be listening to somebody preach, but yeah, I get what you're saying, but, so just stop with the butt in your mind and listen, okay? Because we got we to get this, because I really believe, I really believe, okay, that you will get free and there will be a mindset that you can get past here. And you can be like the horse that just goes out and goes, okay? Yeah. And so really quick before you get into that, Romans 8.10, it says this. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. 
Your spirit is alive unto God because of righteousness. It's not your righteousness. It's not all the good things that you've done. It's Christ's righteousness because of him. And the Bible says that the gift of uh, righteousness is a gift that God has given you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are right standing. You're right before him. If God were here, if you're a believer, you've been born again, he looks at you as if you're right before him. Not because of your righteousness, because of Christ's obedience. His life, he lived, fulfilled the law, and went to the cross and paid for it to give it to you. And so that's what it says right there. And so um, I really quick, last week Sam talked about miracles, and it was so good. And um, I think that sometimes we want to see all these awesome, amazing miracles happen. I would love, you guys, I have desire. I would love to raise someone from the dead. I would love to, like, heal someone. And we want that to happen. And that's just a fruit of being a Christian, where that's going to happen, right? We're going to pray for people. They're going to get healed, all that kind of stuff. But I will tell you, someone told me this, and it took me a couple years to get this revelation, changed my life. The greatest miracle that you could ever witness is someone being born again is their spirit being alive because of righteousness. The greatest miracle, because can can we figure that out? It's it's, um, what Paul said, it's the divine mystery that, that only God could do, that he could make your spirit that was once dead, now alive and eternal, unto right, because of righteousness forever. I mean, that's just, that in itself right there is just, should blow our minds. It's crazy. Um, Right. And so, the, and so, yeah, okay, yeah, so, all right, so I'm going to give you guys a secret right now, okay? I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to read, I'm going to tell you something, and then I'm going to tell you the scripture, and then I'll tell it to you again, okay? So, the secret, okay, there's only one thing that you need to do, one thing that you need to do, and I'm going to tell it to you in the scripture, and then I come back and tell you what it was, right? That you need to do to live a godly life and overcome sin. It's one thing, one thing. Okay, now that that would that always that preachers would do that, and I'd be like, oh, what is it? just tell me what it is. I just said, you know, it's just one the one I thing. Need to do it, just give it's it to me. Just give me this one thing, you know, you know. But but well, let me just tell you something. When we get a hold, okay, we can. What I'm going to read to you, okay, what I'm going to read to you is, we get a hold of what's in here and really get revelation. Right, it will change your life. It will change your life because the Word of God does that. Uh, when I was a very young man, so old right now, you know, so when I was much, much younger, uh, I was talking, I remember talking to my dad one evening about, and I just had really struggling with some of these scriptures, particularly Romans 6. I was like, Dad, you know, the Bible says I'm, you know, dead in Christ, but alive unto him, and still struggling with sin, this and that. And he said something specific to me that I'll never forget, and I want you to take this because it's, it's really important. He said, Andrew, until God gives you a place to stand, you don't have a place to stand. And this is what he meant by that. You can read this stuff to your blue in the face, but until you engage God with it, and say, Lord, tell me what that means. Show that. I see your word says this. You see, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So take the scriptures that we're going to read, okay? You take them back to the Lord, and you talk to him about it. See, it's not enough to just come to church and hear about these things. You have to read the word You've got the, the reason that, and, and I'm sorry to go off on a little bunny trail, the reason that we are in such a straits today as a nation is why there's so much turmoil is because we don't know the word. That's it. That's the, that is the bottom line is that we don't, the, even Christians don't know the word enough. You know, we've got to know the word. The word is what directs us. The word is what keeps us on the straight now. So Romans 10, 
Okay, he, so the, the book of Romans, let me, I'm going to give you a little background on it. So the book of Romans, it talks of, uh, he's talking to the church at Rome. This is not a Jewish church, right? And he's talking to them about their, you know, the, the, the corruption of the day. And then he goes in and talks to them about, you know, becoming with Christ in his death, resurrected with him, overcoming the law, overcoming sin. And so then he gets to chapter 10, and he starts to talk about how the Jews, okay, were not accepting of what Christ did on the cross for them. Right? And then he's talking to, he's talking to a, the, the Gentiles or non-Jews. Okay? So Romans chapter 10, verse 1 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, them as the Jews, is for their salvation. Now when you see the word salvation, you can swap it out with the word, part of what the word means is deliverance. Okay? So when you see that word salvation, you can also say deliverance. It's part of the meaning. Okay? So he said, my, my, my heart's desire and prayer for them is for their salvation or for their deliverance. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, okay, no, but not in accordance with knowledge. Now, I'm going to back up before we really talk about that verse 2. Zeal, it, it, brings, it brings the, uh, it's like a fierce intensity, right? So you can say they have a fierce intensity for God but they don't have it in accordance with knowledge. I want you to know, I say this with all the love and compassion in my heart, and God, and I can say God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus has a, I've been here many years, and I've seen the same, I've seen people raise their hand on Sunday, and it's the same person every Sunday raising their hand to get saved. I want to tell you something, that's a zeal for God, okay? That's a fierce intensity for God. God sees that, he sees you, but it's not in accordance with knowledge, because the word of God tells us that that's something you do one time. And when you believe what he did for you on the cross, it's done. And it's done. You see, many of us, we're walking, through our, we're walking through our daily lives, and we say, God, I don't have any problems agreeing with you. I'm really fiercely agreeing with your word, but it's not in accordance with knowledge. It's, that's, that's what Paul said. The Jews, they get it. But what was the main problem with the Jews is, is that they were trying to obtain righteousness by obeying the 613 commandments of the law. That was how they were made right with God. And that's exactly what he's addressing here. He's just saying, hey, they're trying. And let's just go to verse 4, verse, verse 3. He says, for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. So righteousness means right standing. So not, so not knowing about God's right standing and seeking to establish their own right standing. They did not subject themselves to the right standing of God. In order to subject ourselves to the right standing of God, okay, so that's, this is exactly what we are, we are no different than the Jews that Paul was talking to, right? We are trying to obtain, when we come at God and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm trying to stop these things, right? So there's always that list of 10 things that we want to stop doing, and then when we get those things under wraps, then we're going to start serving God. Then we'll be really, feel better about ourselves, and then we'll, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. That is, in essence trying to establish your own righteousness. It's not in accordance with the knowledge of God. God, God's righteousness and his right standing, let's find out how we get there. He says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. This, it is easy to read this and let it just go right over your head, this scripture. The, the, the understand what he's saying here. It, 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 will, it will literally ask, like, write this one down, go back, read it, pray about it, ask God to bring you revelation in your heart about it. Christ Jesus, 
our Jesus, the one we're worshiping on Sunday mornings, all right? He is the end of you having to do anything for righteousness. The law represented what we had, what the Jews had to do to obtain righteousness. Christ is the end of that for you. For you, he's the absolute end. But what does he say? What do you have to do? Now, I'll give you guys a hint. This has to do with the secret I told you about, right? Yeah, you didn't tell him yet. Oh, I don't know. We're getting there. <laughs> okay. It is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So what do you have to do in order to be made right with God? Believe. You just spoke the secret. Now, that can go way over your head. Or you can let that get right down inside there. That's what God requires from me and from you. It is to believe. It's to believe. You know, Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's what he wants from you. He did the work. He did the work. He did the work. Everybody say that with me. He did the work. It's done. It's done. It's over with. That part of it is done. Okay? It says, no, I'm going to buzz through the next two scriptures here. It says, For Moses writes that a man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law, or doing and not doing, sinning and not sinning, shall live by that righteousness. So in other words, if you want to try to please God by sinning and not sinning, good luck. Go right ahead. See if it works. Raise your hand if you found that it works. and you've made, you've made yourself right with God by sinning or not sinning. Right? Live by that. But the righteousness that is based on faith... Speaks, everybody say speaks, as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven to bring Christ up from the dead? But what does it say? It says the word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. Now listen here. Now this is really, really important. That if you confess with your mouth, everybody say confess, with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what does it say? You will be saved. Now listen, that word saved, it's another one of those that you can, you can interchange with salvation, right? Now listen, it's, it's, the, it's the belief in your heart, okay? We've got, this, we've got this misconception about what happened to us when we said, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. I hate to burst your bubble, but he's not in there, okay? And that may just blow your mind, all right? But let me just tell you something. You were born again. You were made new, okay? Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is here, the paraclete. He's here to come beside you and activate you and communicate with that new creature that you are in Christ Jesus. We need to understand what happened to us theologically because if you don't get this, you'll never get the end here where we talk about how we practically get out of the sin cycle, right? So, so, I, yep, so let, me, let me just say this one thing here, okay? It says, for with the heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness. So righteousness is a result of you believing that when Christ went to the cross, he paid the price for your sins, and he raised again that you were with him. You went to the cross with him. The Bible says that we were died with him in Romans 6. And then you were raised with him. So that when I believe that that happened to me, okay, and I'm raised with him, okay, that results in my salvation, okay? And with the mouth, everybody say mouth, mouth, okay, he confesses resulting in salvation, okay? 
Everybody, and I'll say this with me. We're going to say it like 10 more times before this is over. Say, read the word. Speak the word. Read the word. Speak the word. One more time. Read the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Get it down into your heart. For the scripture says, here's here's encouragement for you. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Are you disappointed in your Christian walk? Maybe it's time to go back and ask where your faith has been put in. Okay? Let's ask that question. Right? You can always flip those statements on their head. Okay, so how do we do it, right? What do you do with sin? If, okay, my spirit, when I believed, okay, so let, let's, if we could break it out in spirit, soul, and body. So if we've got the spirit right here, and when I believed, this part of me that was dead was born again, brand new, okay? All right? It is God's spirit. It was born again in the likeness and the image of Christ, right? And it's here. It's new. I've got a soul, which is my will, my mind, and my emotions, that's all wrapped up and thinking wrongly, right? And I've got a body that's just flat out addicted to sin, okay? Just, hey, what, really? Okay, I've got a body that's flat out addicted to sin. Somebody needs to go, yeah, it was me, you know? You know? So that's what I'm saying. So that's what we're, this body, you've got to separate it. The body is what's sinning. The spirit is what's perfect, right? So now how do we get this spirit to go that way? And we have an effect where the will, the mind, and the emotions line up with spirit and body, doggone it, finally does what it's told, right? How do we get that to happen? <laughs> I set her up perfectly. <laughs> okay. Romans 8:11 but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you Romans 8:11 um if we can get the worship team to come up too um but so when we wake up in the morning um you are the new creation. You don't have to try to be the new creation. You don't have to try to be the better Christian today. You don't have to try to stop sinning today because let me tell you, if you're born again, you actually don't want to sin. You actually hate sin. You actually don't want to talk like that Catch or think like that Catch or, what she's saying. or watch that or go do that or go talk to those people, go hang out with those people. You actually don't want to do that. And I've seen, I grew up in the church. I've seen so many young people, God, change my desires. God, help me not want that anymore because I really want to do that. God, help me not to do that anymore. Help me not to think like that. Actually, that's not true. Your desires have already been changed if you're born again. You, de- you desire what God desires. You want what God wants. So as long as you're born again, sin will never sit right with you. Talking like that, watching that, doing that, hanging with that person, messaging someone you shouldn't be, whatever. It'll why, never why actually you, sit right with you. You'll never you, like... Go ahead. Why do, you think you, why do you think you even have a problem with it? Stop, stop right there, okay? Come all the way back down to that baseline. So, so what, the reason this is so important, okay, is she said sin will never sit right with you. You don't have to ask yourself, God, I just want to, why don't I, I want to do what you want to do? There's something inside of me that doesn't, okay, that thing inside of you, you know how many times I've told God I don't want to do what you want me to do? Okay, I've told him it a thousand times. But do you know what that's a function of? My soul. It is not a function of my spirit. My spirit has been made perfect. 
it wants what God wants. How do I know that my spirit is perfect? Because I believed that God made me new. That, if you get that rock-solid revelation that that spirit is done, okay, then at that point you're not wrestling with the, with the issue of righteousness anymore. Hallelujah, we can give up the issue of righteousness. Hallelujah, so we, we can say, to, yeah. I'm standing on Christ's righteousness and what he did for me on the cross. And I, in, in and of myself, I'll never be good enough. You know, Amen. but thank God it's not on me. It was on Jesus. So I've now given up the issue of becoming righteous because it's already been done. Now I can actually, I can wrestle with this, right? The Bible, the Bible says, by the spirit of God, I'll put to, to death the deeds of the body. Right? So now all we're dealing with is this fleshy thing. This is all we're dealing with at this point because we've got the almighty God. You know, he said the, the, the last song was so popular. It said his lifeless body began to breathe. Yes. He overcame the body's Amen. desires. Yes. The Holy Spirit came inside of him, raised him up from the dead. He did not only conquer the spiritual aspect, but he conquered your body. Your body can, with the Holy Spirit's help, be conquered and put into subjection. It can be put down. The desires of the flesh can be put under. But you know what you need to do? Okay, listen, remember, how do you get it out? How do you draw that thing out of there, right? Think of it as like a syringe. How do you draw that spiritual thing and just pull it right on through to your body? You read the word. You speak Speak the word. You read the word and you speak the word. The Bible says that the word of God is living, active, sharper than a two-edged sword, able to pierce to the division of your soul and your spirit, meaning that the word of God will come in and divide it asunder and it'll say, no, this needs to go. You need to relive this. You need to embrace this. You see, what we have to do, we don't, church. The reason that we're stuck and we're just like, sin, 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 is because we don't speak the word at the sin. Speak it at, I'm going to tell you something. Just come real vulnerable. I'm standing in the checkout line the other day, and I just, I'm ready to swipe my card. And I have this, this wicked, nasty, straight from the pit of hell thought just come on me. And it didn't come on me just in a matter of a thought. It came on me in a matter of emotions and feelings and feelings and I'm there and I'm like oh. and I was like what and you know what I did I had the word of God come up and said no I am not under the law but I'm under grace and sin will not have no dominion over me and that's what spoke up and that's what met that thought that's what met that, that emotion that's what meets the sin is that you've got to bring forth the word of heart let me just tell you something if you don't know the word read it anyway Read it anyway. If it doesn't make sense to your mind, read it anyway. Speak it anyway. And trust and count upon what he will do inside of you to bring it out. That's good. Yeah. And so we just, as we close here, we just wanted to just encourage everyone. Um, I've noticed and we've seen and um, there's a lot of horses that are tied to a plastic chair. (laughs) Like the picture. And you don't know who you are. You're not. And, um when you know who you are in Christ and what he's done for you, that he's done this for you, that he's made you new, you're completely perfect new in your spirit. You have everything that you need. The Bible says God's given us everything we need for life and godliness. It's done. You believe it. You receive it. And then it's much easier to walk out our Christian life. Um, so, and then, as yeah, yeah go cool. ahead. So we're going to close and we're going to pray. And I want to pray for something. But I want to encourage you with this last thought, Okay. Don't be surprised that when you hear something like this and you go back and you actually read and speak the word, that you get worse. 
don't be surprised if your level of sin went from here to here. Let me just tell you something. Don't give up. If you've been stuck in something for 10, 15 years your whole life, you think the enemy is going to let go easily. Church, 2020 has been a really hard year for myself and for Brooke. But you know what? We're, we're here to tell you, it's a call to arms. This is where we're at today. We're in a call to arms. And it is not, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not out there trying to fight against other people. Let me just tell you something. Satan, the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion walking around seeking whom he may devour. He's out to get you, and don't play games with him. Go back and meet him with the word, and don't be surprised if it gets worse, if it gets more intense, if the battle gets harder and stronger. Let me just tell you something. You're not getting worse. You're getting free. All right, don't be surprised. He said, and he, he said in Peter, he said, don't be surprised, dear brother, as it, when the fiery trial comes upon you, as if something strange was happening to you. Don't you know, dear brothers and sisters, that your, 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 your brothers around the world are experiencing the same things? You're not alone. We're in this together. That's why we're here. So I want to, okay, so we're going to pray, and I just want to encourage you as we're doing this. If this, is a, if this message pricks your heart, and you're like, you know what, Andrew, I want to, I want to believe. I want to, I want God to touch my heart and I want to believe. And I want to believe that what happened to me, ha, what happened to Jesus happened to me. And I, I see what he did for me on the cross and I'm really to take that step of faith and put a nail and put a flag in the ground and say, this was it. This was the day. It's done. And I'm not going to keep coming back and trying to work out that point with God. You know, we, we don't want you to do that. We need to put a stake in the ground and say, that was it. And regardless of what happens to me after this moment, if I get better, if I get worse, none of that matters. I'm still righteous in God. If that's you, I'm, I'll go ahead and we'll, we'll bow our heads and close our eyes. And I just, I want to pray with you, right? And I want, I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would specifically activate faith in your heart. And then we could be done with that. And then we can move on and grow up, all right? Not in, not in, any, not in condemnation, but in love and grace. So if that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. And it's okay. All right, so just pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. We praise you. Lord, I know what you did for me. I acknowledge what you did for me. And I choose to walk in that today, tomorrow forevermore while I'm here on this earth. Activate faith in my heart. Thank you for making me new. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now as we enter into this time of worship, I just want to encourage each and every one of you. When the enemy comes at you the second, you know, with a, with a thought, you want to really irritate the devil, turn those thoughts into a point of praise because when you when you realize that, oh, I have a sinful thought come on me, and like, oh, what if I didn't really believe? No, you can just say, thank you, Jesus, that that's not who I am. Begin to turn those things back on him. Turn those things. So every time an opportunity for sin or every time an opportunity for temptation comes your way, just turn it into an opportunity for praise. And don't be condemned. Don't be condemned. We'll give it back. Thank you. Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.